Before we start the show this week, I'm sure you can tell the audio is a bit different, and for those watching the video, instead of my usual set in the background, it may look like that I'm in a hotel room or something like that. And that's because I am. Yeah. I'm currently in Pasadena, California, thanks to Linbit for sponsoring Tux Digital to make it possible for us to come out to the Southern California Linux Expo, or SCALE. And I wanted to bring you a new episode of Twill, and this is going to be the first time I've ever tried to do something like this, so bear with me if the production quality isn't what you're accustomed to. From the Tux Digital Network, I'm Michael Tunnell, and on this week's episode, we'll take a look at some core news for the Linux kernel itself and the Mesa graphics stack. Gnome announced the beta release for the next version of the Gnome desktop for those who want to test it out. And then we've got a ton of distro news to check out, with news from OpenSUSE. Ubuntu, Redcore Linux, BlendOS, and more. Plus, we're going to be talking about what's going on with the Solus project. And if you're new to the show, This Week in Linux keeps you up to date with what's going on in the Linux world. So be sure to like, subscribe, and all that good stuff. Now let's jump right into your weekly source for Linux good news. This episode of Twill is sponsored by Linbit, Linode, and Bitwarden. Linus Torvalds has released the latest version of the Linux kernel with Linux 6.2. This version is not considered to be as big as the 6.1 release, but it also is debatable whether or not it is as big or not. Uh, Linus himself said it's it's a pedestrian kernel, but there's still some very interesting elements in this release. If you want to check out the latest episode of Destination Linux, we talk about Linux 6.2 and the more in-depth part of it. So I'm going to cover a little bit of the highlights, but if you want the more in-depth coverage, then be sure to check out Destination Linux, which I'll have linked in the show notes. So let's talk about the highlights of this release. And let's start with probably the most notable feature of this release, which is faster mitigation of the RetBleed CPU vulnerability and also fine IBT. The previous mitigation techniques prior to this release have had a considerable impact on performance, and this release implements a new mitigation scheme, which is a lighter software-only fix as well. Also in this release, Linux 6.2 promotes the Intel Arc graphics to being stable and enabled out of the box, and there is initial support for NVIDIA's GeForce RTX 30 series. There's also a lot of improvements done with the upstream support for Apple's M1 Pro, M1 Max, and M1 Ultra hardware. This does not mean that Apple M1 is supported by the kernel out of the box, just yet anyway, as there is still a lot of work to be done, but this is great news for those who are looking forward to doing that and how much progress has been made on the Apple M1 stack. If you'd like to learn more about the latest release of the Linux kernel, you'll find links in the show notes, and of course, more in-depth coverage on Linux Linux 6.2, be sure to check out episode 315 of Destination Linux. The Mesa team have released the latest version of this core graphics stack project. Mesa 23 has a lot of new features, so let's talk about the highlights in this release. Mesa 23 includes a lot of AMD-related improvements with Radeon memory visualizer support, various ray tracing, also graphic pipeline library, and RDNA 3 improvements for the RAD-V or the Radeon Vulkan driver. There's also improvements to specific game performance like Rise of the Tomb Raider, and also improved support for the KDE Plasma desktop environment when using Plasma Wayland Session, and also the Gallium LLVM pipe driver. Mesa 23 also adds new extensions for the Vulkan and OpenGPL for improved features and performance. 
If you'd like to learn more about this latest release of the Mesa Project, then be sure to check out the links in the show notes. This episode of Twill is sponsored by Linbit. Linbit has been keeping digital businesses running for over 20 years. They're the makers of open source products like DRBD, which offers high availability. And they also make LinStore, which is an industry-leading open source software-defined storage. Linbit is run by its founders to this day, and all of its engineers are, and developers are in-house with offices in Europe and North America. So they offer global 24-7 support to complement all of their enterprise offerings. Linbit has an active presence in the open source community as well, and they collaborate with the community to help identify and build new features in their products. Linbit provides enterprise-grade software that runs on a variety of platforms and operating systems without the vendor lock-in that you would typically see and of a lot of other products. With DRBD and LinStore, you can have high-speed replicated block storage in almost any configuration, whether it's Kubernetes, Apache Cloud, or Open Nebula. There's even DRBD proxy for long-distance replication. So visit linbit.com to learn more about the people behind Linbit and how they can help with your open source partnering for block storage and more. GNOME 44 is scheduled to be released on March 22nd, but recently the GNOME team have released a beta version for that next release of the desktop. Keep in mind this release is a beta, so it is not available just yet for those looking to upgrade, but it is worth noting that if you want to check it out, you can, but it'll be for testing and trying to find bugs and that sort of thing. Now with that said, there are some cool things that I wanted to highlight with this first one, we'll take a look at the changes with the quick settings related to the pod section like Wi-Fi, power management, and more. Also, speaking of quick settings, there's a new Bluetooth menu in the quick settings which lets you toggle Bluetooth on and off as well as select devices directly from the menu. You will still need to use the settings app to add new devices though, but this is still really cool and gonna be a lot more convenient to deal with Bluetooth devices. There's a lot of improvements to the GNOME settings app as well to enhance the user experience, and they're doing something interesting regarding the controversial topic of app indicators. I recommend checking out Destination Linux to learn more about why this is a controversial topic, and you're also gonna see our take on the subject, but suffice it to say, this topic has been a long-standing debate between the GNOME developers and the community. The unfortunate thing about this app indicator news though, well, it's not, it's not really addressing the underlying issue and is more of a half step. Well, maybe not even a half step, sadly. If you'd like to learn more about why I say this, then please be sure to check out Destination Linux. I'll have it linked in the show notes. If you'd like to learn more about the next version of GNOME Desktop, then you'll be sure to subscribe because we'll cover it much more in depth when it does release the final stable release. But in the meantime, like I said, you'll find links in the show notes for the beta. And if you want to learn more, check out the Destination Linux episode that's linked in the show notes to more details about the controversial aspect of this app indicator topic. Canonical recently published some information on their discourse forum relating to the future of Ubuntu Flavors packaging defaults. They say that going forward, the packaging for Flatpak, as well as the packaging for integrating Flatpak into the respective software centers, will no longer be installed by default in the next release, which will be happening in April 2023. In some ways, this is a controversial topic, and in other ways, it's not that much of an impact for the overall user experience. There's, it depends on really what you're talking about because some of the flavors have it more integrated than others, so it depends on which one you're using, how much you're impacted by this. 
Now, there's a bit more to this topic, and if you'd like to learn more about this and to see my opinion of this news in full, then be sure to check out the episode Destination Linux that I have linked in the show notes where, we're, where we talk about it in much more depth. And so for those who are not familiar with Destination Linux, it's a podcast that I do with Jill and Ryan, and it's fantastic. You should definitely check it out, especially if you're interested to learn more about this particular topic. You'll find links in the show notes. The OpenSUSE team have announced the release of the beta version for Leap 15.5. This is an RPM power distribution for those who are not familiar, and this is expected to be the last release of the 15.x series. Now, for those not aware, there's two different versions that are typically known for OpenSUSE, and that is Leap and Tumbleweed. Leap is not known for having the latest and greatest software, as that's what Tumbleweed is for. Tumbleweed is a rolling release. And this release, though, looks to bring some stuff along for the ride of updates. For example, KDE Plasma 5.27. Now, it's important to note that this is a beta release, and for those unfamiliar with what that means, this term means that it's not the final form of the distribution. It is mostly for those who want to help find bugs and report to fix those bugs. If you're interested in testing this, then be sure to check it out. Check out the show notes. I'll have links for it. But otherwise, you should wait for the official stable release when it is available. OpenSUSE Leap 15.5 is expected to be released on June 7th of this year, so we aren't going to go into too much detail on this episode. Instead, we'll take a look at some of the highlights. As I mentioned, Leap 15.5 is not known for having the latest software, so the kernel being used is Linux 5.14. But at the same time, some things are being updated. For example, as I mentioned, KDE Plasma 5.27 is planned to be included, which will offer a lot of really cool features, which we talked about in a previous episode of Twill, episode 218. Link in the show notes for that if you'd like to learn more about that particular release of KDE Plasma. Leap 15.5 will also have a new version of the Mesa graphics stack with Mesa 22.3. They also are enabling open H.264 repository by default for all new installations, which is going to be great for newer users to OpenSUSE to have support available. Leap 15.5 now offers a new single-click migration feature that, prom that promises to streamline the migration process from previous versions of OpenSUSE Leap, so that is very much appreciated. If you'd like to take the beta version of OpenSUSE Leap 15.5 for a test drive, then you'll find links in the show notes. This episode of This Week in Linux is brought to you by Linode. Visit linode.com slash tux. That's linode.com slash T-U-X and see why over a million developers trust Linode for their infrastructure. Linode provides solutions and services to accelerate innovation. What does it mean? Well, you can build everything yourself or you can use one-click apps from their Linode app marketplace. And there's tons of options in there to deploy everything from Plesk and WordPress to Valheim and Minecraft servers. Linode even has VPN-friendly virtual servers so you can create secure connections over the internet protecting you on public Wi-Fi keeping your data private and guarding you from malware. If that wasn't enough, every plan comes from Lino with Linode's amazing human-powered customer support. What does that mean? Well, if you need help, someone will pick up the phone, respond to your email, or reply to you on social media 24-7, 365. I know that's a crazy idea, but yes, humans are involved in the support. So visit linode.com tux to create a free account. Plus, when you use that URL, you will let them know that we sent you 
And of course, that's good for us, but you'll also get a 60-day free credit of $100. That's right, $100 free credit when you sign up at linode.com slash tux. So again, go get started on Linode's awesome cloud platform by going to linode.com slash T-U-X. Linux comes in all kinds of different shapes and sizes, and there's a branch of Linux that doesn't get talked about all that much in the media because it's mostly meant for people who are a little more on the edginess of computing. I'm referring to Gentoo side of Linux. This topic is not necessarily about Gentoo itself though, but instead a derivative of Gentoo called Redcore Linux. Now Redcore is Gentoo based, but it's designed to provide a more user-friendly approach and a more easy to use desktop experience while still retaining some of Gentoo's flexibility. It targets casual desktop users and, to some extent, some power users. Now, Redcore Linux 2301 is primarily a bug fix release, so it's shipping with a more, it's not the latest Linux kernel, but it's a 6.1.2, so it, or 0.12, sorry, 6.1.12. So it's fairly new, but not the latest. But because it uses the testing repositories for some packages, it does include the latest KDE Plasma 5.27 and also. LXQt 1.2 as desktop options, while also updating the Mesa drivers to the latest version with Mesa 23, and updating Xorg to 21.1.7 and Xwayland to 22.1.8. If you'd like to learn more about Redcore Linux, you'll find links in the show notes. The Raspberry Pi Foundation has released the latest version of their Raspberry Pi OS distribution, without much fanfare in fact. This release brings some new features, bug fixes, and updated components. Some of the highlights for this release include support for a new touchscreen driver, support for a new video driver called MSDRI3, and some performance improvements. They also have made some UX adjustments to the title bar buttons to display them on the right side of the window now, which will be appreciated by some people in the community. If you'd like to learn more about the latest release of Raspberry Pi OS, then you'll find links in the show notes. Tuxedo Computers has announced the release of their in-house Linux distribution, Tuxedo OS 2. Tuxedo OS is a Ubuntu-based distribution made specifically for Tuxedo Computers devices, but it's also available for anyone who wants to use it. Tuxedo OS 2 is powered by the Linux 6.1 LTS kernel, the Mesa 22.3.6 graphics stack, and comes with the latest Plasma desktop with KDE Plasma 5.27, which is backported from the KDE Neon repositories. And as I mentioned, this is a desktop distribution that was made specifically for Tuxedo computers. So it also includes apps made for their hardware, such as the Tuxedo Control Center, but these will not work with those who are using this distro on other hardware. If you'd like to learn more about Tuxedo OS or try it out for yourself, you'll find links in the show notes. This episode of This Week in Linux is brought to you by Bitwarden. Get started right now with your free account at bitwarden.com tux. That's bitwarden.com T-U-X. Bitwarden is a password manager that allows you to have peace of mind knowing that your online accounts are secure. How does it do it? Well, Bitwarden provides you with tools to store all of your passwords in a secured vault, auto-generate passwords for you, and even generate usernames for you as well, as well as fill in those passwords for you automatically on login forms. You don't have to do any of this stuff. You can also access your data across many different types of devices, whether it's your web browser, mobile application, desktop application, or even on the command line Bitwarden has you covered. 
But Warden also seals and encrypts your private data with end-to-end -end encryption before it ever leaves your devices, so you know you're the only person with access to your data, which is, of course is very important for a password manager. So go to bitwarden.com tux to get started. Did I mention you can get started for free? Well, you can, but I think you want to check out their premium account because there's a lot of great stuff there and it starts at less than a dollar per month. That's right. Less than a dollar per month gives you one gigabyte in crypto file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F, Duo, Vault Health Reports, Bitwarden Authenticator for temporary one-time passwords, priority customer service, and so much more. All of this for less than a dollar per month. So make the smart move like many of the community have and go to bitwarden.com slash tux to get your account right now. The Solus project has been having some issues over the last month or so, and there have been a lot of people wondering what has been happening with the project. On January 19th, the website for the Solus project went down and was down for about a month, causing concern for some users, what happened and what the plans were for the project as a whole. For those that are not familiar, Solus is a Linux distribution that has a unique approach because it is a completely independent distribution, meaning it is not based on any other distro, and they use a rolling release model similar to Arch Linux and others. Solus is also the original project behind the Budgie desktop. Now, Budgie is no longer part of the Solus project, but that is where it was originally created. Now that you have some more information about what Solus is, let's talk about the current state of the project. The Solus website went down on January 19th, like I said, and Beatrice tweeted about the downtime, which seemed to be like a technical issue or hardware issues. Now, these issues were isolated to the main website itself and was not affecting the package repos, so users of the distribution would not be affected for updates. However, those who were looking to download the ISOs would have a hard time finding those to do, but you could do it technically because the mirrors were still up, but finding the mirrors was a bit more difficult. Soon after this, Beatrice fell ill and has been recovering, resulting in the downtime taking even longer to be fixed than expected. Now, February 7th, Beatrice started sharing updates on the Solus Project Twitter account. And as of this recording, the website of Solus back Project is back online, but not entirely. Last I checked, the forum is still not accessible, but it might be by the time you watch this and there hasn't been an ISO refresh since 2021. So even with this website being back, some are still concerned about the state of the project. I will let you decide that for yourself, but if you'd like to learn more on this news or the Solus project in general, then be sure to find the links in the show notes. This week, we're gonna take a look at a relatively new distribution that is taking a very unique approach to the Linux desktop experience. BlendOS says that they offer a seamless blend of all Linux distributions, which is a very strong claim. But what exactly do they mean by this? Well, BlendOS is based on Arch Linux using GNOME on Wayland at its core. But the part that makes it more unique is that it lets you use apps from other popular distributions, such as Fedora Linux and Ubuntu. The way it works is that it utilizes DistroBox and Podman to create containers for apps from Fedora, and from Ubuntu. Though it is worth noting that the live ISO image does not include support for these different additional packages, so you'll need to install the distro first fully in order to experience these extra package repositories. Another interesting thing about BlendOS is that it comes with its own package manager called Blend. So you can use Blend to do system updates and package management rather than using particular management stuff with the source distro, but you still can use uh, DNF or apt or Pacman if you want. But wait, there's more. 
Blend OS follows a rolling release model since it's derived from Arch Linux, but it also offers an immutable option for those who want to use a more read-only file system. So lots of different interesting things going on in Blend OS. The GNOME desktop is the default option for the live ISO, but you can choose to use a number of other desktop environments such as KDE Plasma, Mate, XFCE, and more. If that wasn't enough, BlendOS also comes with out-of-the-box support for flat packs, so you have even more access to applications. Now, I did want to let you know that there have been some reports of people not being able to get BlendOS to run properly, but if you are interested in a very unique and promising Linux distribution, or you can't decide between one of the more popular distributions, then maybe you don't have to choose. Maybe you could check out BlendOS instead. So if that's something you want to check out, you'll find links in the show notes. As I mentioned in the intro, I'm currently in Pasadena, California for this year's scale. And if you're attending the conference, be sure to swing by the Tux Digital booth, which is booth 232. And then say hi to us and also maybe get some swag because we're going to be giving out a bunch of cool swag. And we're going to be raffling off something on Saturday. And entering the raffle is very simple. All you need to do is show us that you are subscribed to our great content and that's it. Oh, and if you show us that you're also a patron of the Tux Digital Network, then you'll also get an additional raffle ticket just for being awesome. Now, I haven't talked to Ryan about this particular thing I just said, but eh, if, if it's an issue, you know, just keep it between us. <laughs> so if you aren't a patron, though, and you might want to check it out, all the awesome great perks that you can get by becoming a patron, go to tuxdigital.com contribute to become a patron. You'll get great perks from Twill. You'll also get some great perks from other shows on the network like Destination Linux, Hardware Addicts, and more. I mean, we consolidated the patron experience into one network-wide patronage so you can get even more value for less. That's right, we made it cheaper and drastically increased the benefits because that's how much we love our community. Thanks for watching this episode of This Week in Linux. If you like what I do here on the show, please like that smash button and be sure to subscribe. If you like to support the show and the channel, you can do so by becoming a patron by going to tuxdigital.com contribute, where you can get some cool perks like I just mentioned earlier. Also, you can join me in the patron-only hangouts that happen on the patron-only Discord room. So be sure to check it out, tuxdigital.com contribute. You can also support the show by ordering the Linux is Everywhere t-shirt or the This Week in Linux shirt that I'm wearing right now by going to tuxdigital.com store. Plus, while you're there, check out all the other great stuff we have, like hats, mugs, hoodies, stickers, coasters, all sorts of great stuff. TuxDigital.com slash store. Thanks again for watching. I'm Michael Tunnell with Tux Digital, and I'll see you next week for another episode of your weekly source for Linux good news. Doing this from here in the setup that I had, it's a bit awkward, but I got through it, and that's what is important. I got through it. Now let's do the editing on my laptop because I don't have my desktop with me.